All right, guys, welcome to Property Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Kaminsky, filling in for Dave Dubow. And if you've ever wondered how a pastor went from not owning a home at all to amassing 1.4 million in properties all with, within just two and a half years, today's guest, Aaron Ferguson, uh, has an intriguing story to share. He's ventured into real estate using an unconventional method like owner financing and ultimately using and taking advantage of an FHA loan, ultimately accumulating 250K in property equity. And here's the catch. He's also managed to donate $20,000 to missionaries and ministries in various countries. Aaron, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, it's always interesting because you see people come into real estate from all sorts of corners and um, you know, I don't think real estate is, is something that pastors aren't allowed to participate in, <laughs> but definitely, um, you know, it's, a, it's a wealth strategy that I think is actually well suited for your position. Um, how did you get started in this? What, what got you, you know, uh, interested in real estate in the beginning? So the idea first popped off, uh, my brother was attending, uh, uh, Blinn College, which is like the community college of Texas A&M. And, mm-hmm. um, and he's, he was living at a house with three other guys. And <laughs> I remember asking him, so what's your rent? And he's like, uh, I don't know, at the time it was like 500. And there was four guys living in a house. And I was like, y'all are each paying $500 a month. And there's four of you in this house. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it kind of got the wheels turning. I just started thinking a lot. And, and that was a long time ago. Well, we moved to uh, Kearney, Nebraska, and we were looking at different houses to get our first house. And there was kind of two things coming together at once. Uh, one, I kind of shared a little bit of my ideas for real estate in the future with my my realtor, but then also, um, you know, we were needing a house. And mm-hmm. it was cool because two things came together at once. Uh, and he said, I don't know what you think about this, but I was interested in this, but it just doesn't look like it's going to work out for me. But there's this triplex that would work perfect for y'all. And we didn't have any kids at the time. And so um, um, I remember sharing it with my wife, like, hey, <laughs> what do you think what about you think living yeah. with, you know, seven college students in different units? <clears throat> but um, uh, what was really cool is, so, you know, her her parents like, Oh my gosh, you're gonna have terrible tenants. You know, the house is going to mm-hmm. blow up. Aunts and uncles are like, what happens if you have a disaster tenant, whatever. Well, when I first walked into the place, I was like, Oh, this is it. Oh, this is going to work. And just by chance it had been on the market for some time. I don't know, 50 days or something like that. And yeah. so, um, I remember walking around and then they had their, they printed off like a, a, uh, you know, uh, here's what the rents are for each unit. Yeah, and I remember looking at those and the price point that it was at. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is even on a really rough month, we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, uh, my wife likes everything to be organized and the plan to be set out. So that's kind of what I did. And then we pulled the trigger and then, you know, we moved in <laughs> and, uh, it was great. That's how we got started. So tell me, were there any challenges initially um, with either renting it or did you have any of those problem tenants? So as our first, um, you know, place and we lived there, 
I think the the problem, you know, for example, um, <laughs> uh, like four months in, uh, so we had uh, two two friends moved into one of the units, mm-hmm. and um, they said, "Hey, the drain's bubbling up or whatever." Yeah. And um, I was like, "Okay, we'll get a we'll get a plumber." Long story short, the plumber is like, "Hey, we're gonna need to bring in a uh, hydro jet machine," and so they're doing their thing. And I go downstairs. I'm like, I wonder how everything's going. And nobody's down there. I was like, Oh, I guess they're finished. And then all of a sudden a hundred gallons of raw sewage starts pouring into my basement. A hundred, a hundred gallons of toxic raw sewage. And what happened was um, when they were hydrojetting, it pushed uh, the sewage into the path of least resistance, which happened to be our house mm-hmm. um, in the, in the whole you know block. And so that was the first of, of hurdles that happened in our life, but it was, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. The, the backup, you know, it's, it's the last thing you want uh, with your property because um, if you're not a plumber and you don't know about the black, the black water, um, you, de- you definitely found out. So when it, when it comes to real estate, what do you think your secret sauce is? You know, what comes easily to you that other people might find difficult to do? What I found easy for me was um, every time I called uh, a real real estate agent or even a a property owner, I got better Mm -hmm. every time. And I learned how to communicate clearly from a place of credibility, which would open up opportunities to potentially have a a partnership, you know, purchasing from from someone. And um, it was not stressful. I could make calls all day long to find the right place at the right price point, uh, for the right means. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I, there were some really awesome opportunities that, that could have happened. And, and, and there were, uh, opportunities that did happen because of just making the phone calls. And every time I learned more and more and more. And, um, so I think, yeah. And, uh, that, that's probably a strength is being able to find the deals. So how does, um, you know, balancing your real estate and being a pastor workout as far as the day-to-day operations of your business? It was, it was pretty stressful, um, at times. So, uh, we actually, um, so COVID happened, uh, two months after the flood incident Mm -hmm. and, and so there were some unknowns and uncertainties and we also purchased, uh, two apartments, during COVID, which also had the unknowns and uncertainties in a different state. Yeah. But, um, you know, so for example, because I purchased in a different state, so I lived in Nebraska and the, Mm -hmm. the opportunities for places, they only pop up every once in a while. And then there's great competition for those places. So a guy's like, Hey, are you interested in owner financing? You know, like, no, dude, (laughs) uh, we'll take cash, you know? Um, and so, um, two places popped up in Kansas. And so I'm a pastor, I have pastor responsibilities, you know, and I have a young family and I'm driving three and a half hours to take care of a washer dryer or whatever. Um, and so, and I did have a property manager in Kansas, but, um, you know, he charged for things, you know, and, and so it, I, I had to make calculated decisions. So, you know, I enjoyed the drives and, you know, it was a, a good experience, but it was also stressful because I felt like I was in two different places at once. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the commute, like it's uh, at arm's length. It's 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 something we it's it's something that seems to be emerging. It's something that you have to do when you're dealing with you know investing. It might not be in your backyard that the best deal is, but um, you know, even have with the property manager, it's never completely hands off. So, mm-hmm. where do you want to go in the next twelve months? You know what what is your uh, what does your real estate look like? Where do you want to take your business? Yeah, so we. Um... At the peak, we had oh, you know, twenty three, twenty four units, and uh, and uh, four different properties. But we also got a sense that it may be time for us to move because I got a new job in Virginia, mm-hmm. and so I'm a pastor in Virginia now. And we're looking at the Virginia market and saying, you know, as as Christians, we're saying, God, where do you, where do you want us to to go next? Like. Do you mm-hmm. want us to go into uh, commercial properties? Do you want us to go into residential again, potentially going into uh, you know a multi-unit uh, apartment? And so um, now that we've been here a few months, we're getting the lay of the land. And so uh, that's where we're kind of considering now is maybe apartments, maybe uh, you know multi multi-family. Yeah. So um, as far as you know what you've accomplished so far, what would you say your biggest obstacle is now? Um, well, it's, it's, and it's the same for a lot of people. Um, high price, high interest rate. And, um, and then also, um, you know, the, the difficulty of tenant laws that would be here in, in Virginia. Um, you know, they're not as strict as other States, but, you know, navigating all that. So, like it's going to be really hard to find a good deal here in the sense of that would work for us, mm-hmm. you know, without us, you know, going all in all cash or whatever. And so as, as we continue to, we're making, we're, we're not going in hot and heavy. We're going real slow and steady, just conversation here, you know, getting to know somebody there. Um, but uh, we're, we are excited. We're to see what's going to happen. So what are you doing right now to fund your deals for the people listening at home? Yeah. So, um, you know, if there's, there's probably people who are listening who are haven't, haven't done it yet or people who are slow and steady. And then there's people who are probably doing really well. Um, you know, I'll just share this. Um, there was a peak stress moment and as a Christian, I was spending some time praying because ultimately I wasn't like, getting into real estate so that I can buy all the stuff that I want and get a bigger house and a nicer car. But I just wanted to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was able to make a difference in the lives of my tenants by caring for them. And, you know, they'd tell me what's going on in their life. So it was probably a little bit weird, but cause I'm a pastor and a, and a landlord mm-hmm. at the same time, but I, I really wanted to care for my tenants. So, and so I would buy them gifts just to say, thank you for being my tenant. Um, you know, I bought chalk and stuff to draw on the, uh, sidewalks and all this stuff. But there was this peak stress moment where I was like, God, did you want me to get into this? Was I, am I being selfish by getting into real estate or is this truly something you want me to do? Because at the same time, uh, my friend's a missionary in Honduras and he has 38 uh, orphans that live with him, mm-hmm. he and his wife, and they need stuff. And so um, I was praying at a lake by our town and just asking God. And uh, I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought I was going to lose everything, honestly. And I felt like God said, 
call your realtor. <laughs> so I did. And I thought we were going to maybe make a thousand dollars or whatever. But um, my realtor said, Hey, the market's way up and you're going to do great. And so that was kind of crazy to this like stressful, you know, I'm, I'm having to call tenants and say, man, you got it. You got to make your, you got to pay your, your rent, you know, because you're, you mm -hmm. know, I'm gonna have to kick you out. And, and, um, and there was this came to this moment where uh, my realtor's like, Hey, we got four offers on the place. And I was like, wow, I can't believe this happened. And every step of the way, there was more good news because we just trudged along, did the hard work. And also, you know, as, as a Christian, I believe God was like walking us through this together to, so that we could bless more people and encourage more people. So mm -hmm. there's that, there's that line in Proverbs, uh, man determines his plans and God determines his steps. Absolutely. So you're, you're, you're meditating and then, you know, things, things step forward, you know, without a plan, you're not really going to be able to step forward. So right now, um, what's your main strategy to get access to, to more money to keep purchasing and, uh, you know, growing that, that, that project to being able to give back? Cause you mentioned that you've been able to send some money to the, to different missionaries. You know, one idea I was toying with was, um, you know, a lot of people give money just out of their overflow or whatever mm -hmm. to help support, uh, different missions and, and, you know, charities and whatnot. Yeah. And my thought was, what if a property in and of itself could produce some overflow on a consistent basis to help take care of uh, charities and missions and whatnot? And so that's mm -hmm. kind of how I got kicked off with the, my second and third property. Interesting. And so, um, you know, I have not tapped into my friends yet. And that's something I, I got to keep on thinking about because that's a big step for me because of the me being a pastor in this relationship that I have with people by mm -hmm. saying, Hey, I know you trust me, but, um, here's, here's an idea in regards to your money. And so that's something that I'm going to keep working on. But, um, you know, I will say that the opportunities for owner financing are limited right now, um, mm -hmm. because of the high market and the high demand. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, interest rates are, are, maybe providing a little bit of opportunity, but I'm going to say it's harder right now mm -hmm. than it was, you know, two and a half years ago when I first got started. So I think the avenues that we're going to consider is, and really like, Hey, are we okay reaching out to, to close friends and, and loved ones in regards to investing for the purpose of multiplying to help others? Mm -hmm. Or, are we going to say maybe with the the cash that we made from the sale of our properties to go in on a couple of different places? So that's, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. I, I can remember early in my career, a couple of thoughts around using other people's money was um, first of all, why would they do that? Why, why would anyone give me their money to, to invest? Why don't they do it themselves? And the, the, you know, my mentor said to me, it's because they don't know how they need, they need our help. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing that was really like, again, with the like, why would they invest with me? Um, because we are turning, we're putting their money to work. And that was really the big thing is like, without, without um, the real estate investor or the person putting the deals together, there's no opportunity for that money to grow. It's in a bank account, the bank's using it, whatever. 
and it doesn't change the the shape of the local area you know when we deploy these these people's money into these deals we can do more we can help more people and ultimately um you know be a steward of the money return it and hopefully they want to continue to participate and that was a huge yeah. like wall for me when i started because i was like why don't they just do it themselves and yep the reality is, is as we both know, like there's hours and hours and hours in the back room figuring out the numbers before you even pull the trigger. And for someone who's not educated or in, in the market, that could be months or never. Yeah. And I'll speak to the fact that like um, grit and um, emotional determination, because when the hundred gallon raw toxic oh, sewage man. flood hit or uh, during the peak of COVID and uh, the Kansas government was paying for people's rent for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, you know, they're telling me I, I'm getting money for free and you can't kick me out. You know, that's another layer of stress. And then uh, it got down to negative uh, 38 one night and five pipes burst. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um you know, so there's that emotional toll. And I talked to several investors who, not investors, property owners who were selling their places mm-hmm. who just couldn't, and they were, you know, maybe just had a place here and there or whatever. They, they you know, it was a side thing for them um, who could not handle the emotional ups and downs. And so if you yeah. get to that place and say, okay, I'm going to be the one who will, who will shoulder this and the one who will fight through that's kind of what we're doing for people. You know, yeah. uh, your money will do the work that you worked super hard for you during your career. And I'm going to handle the difficulty of the the day to day and your, you know, so that your money can do work, you know? So, you know, I absolutely agree with that. Um, just the ups and downs of investor, but you got to pull the trigger somehow, Yeah, you know, and, and say, let's do this. Yeah. It, it can be, um, it could be challenging raising capital at first because, you know, beyond your own limiting beliefs, now you're, you know, a lot of people don't feel comfortable holding that responsibility that you're talking about that, you know, am I going to be able to rise to the occasion when I do get the backups, when I do get the tenants, when I do get the toilets, um, am I going to be able to, you know, steward that money to a position that's greater than when it, when it came to me? So, you know, they'll be raising money or they'll be having conversations to try to put a joint venture partnership and almost self-sabotaging it because mm-hmm. it's easier not to go to war than, than, um, than it is to kind of just shoot yourself in the foot. So, uh, you know, it's, it is a big thing to, to get over that hurdle, but it is, you know, one of the fastest ways to, to grow a portfolio is to bring other partners on and, you know, work together. What's the saying? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, uh, go together. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's been a really interesting conversation as far as, um, the missionary work, let's touch on that a little bit because we didn't really touch on it. We, you know, we talked about it for a second, but tell, tell people at home, you know, how have you been able to give back now that you, now that you've been able to secure a position within real estate, what have you been able to do, uh, as far as giving back? Yeah, I think. So uh, my wife and I, our lifestyle has not changed at all since before we sold our properties. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason being is we know that that's not going to make us happy. Um, and so we 
um, I went to, my wife's been to Africa twice and is connected with missionaries there. I've been to Honduras and Nicaragua. And so I'm mm-hmm. connected with a missionary in Honduras. And so we said, okay. Uh, and that was part of the things that we were praying for God. If there's overflow, there's abundance, we, we want to give. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm just envisioning like, um, you know, I was holding this two-year-old baby who, um, you know, didn't have any parents and I was just kind of praying for him. And, you know, now when I give money uh, to my missionary friend in Honduras or, uh, you know, the missionary in uh, Africa, it's like, okay, this is to help take care of and, and serve these kids who don't have much. And, and so um, we, yeah, we wanted to say whatever happens, we just want to help others and, and bless others and take care of others. And so that's kind of the, the motivation behind it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if there's somebody who's doing super well, um, I would encourage just to find ways in which you can to help others, not necessarily just for the tax write-off, but for truly just benefiting people. <coughs> yeah. I don't like to put it. I don't like to put it. <laughs> it's nice to get the tax credit but most of the time i'll I'll just put it in there without anything on it because it's like yeah there's a tax credit but um you know especially if you're if you get the tax credit because then you can use it to help more people and, and keep it going yeah but um yeah definitely uh, <coughs> definitely there's there's benefits to to being responsible with mortgage debt because that's ultimately what we're doing is we're being the responsible one when it comes to covid time and you know things aren't so black and white as far as who's paying the rent or how, how can I deal with these tenants and things like that? Yeah. Um, it's ultimately we're, we're servicing mortgage debt. So if people want to join you on that mission, they want to, you know, part participate with you and really start building out something that you can even do more with, how do they connect with you? What should they do? How do they reach out? Yeah. I think primarily, you know, I'm on Facebook and I think you can search me. Like I'm not like super private, as far as mm-hmm. my account's concerned. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm also the pastor of West Haven Baptist church in Portsmouth, Virginia. And so uh, that's another way you can email me or, or reach out. And I'm totally open to all any and all conversations and definitely not, I, I have way more to learn and I just want to be an encouragement for people. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your perspective on real estate. And I think the people at home are going to get a lot out of it. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. And until next time, guys, we'll catch you on the next episode.